the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, January the 5th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1896, an Austrian newspaper reported the discovery by German physicist Wilhelm Röntgen, a type of radiation. We have come to know it as x-rays. Today in 1914, Henry Ford announced he was going to pay workers $5 for an eight-hour day as opposed to $2.34 for a nine-hour day. Employees like that, of course. Employees still work six days a week, though. The five-day week work, uh, work week was instituted in 1926. Today in 1933, construction began on the Golden Gate Bridge. Work was completed four years later. Today in 1949, in the State of the Union Address, President Harry S. Truman, he labeled his administration the Fair Deal. Today in 1957, President Dwight D. Eisenhower proposed assistance to countries to help them resist communist aggression in what became known as the Eisenhower Doctrine. Today in 2004, foreigners arriving at U.S. airports were photographed and had their fingerprints scanned in a the start of a government effort to keep terrorists out of our country. Well, much has changed since 2004. We neither take pictures nor check check the fingerprints of those that are flooding across our borders. In fact, they are coming by the millions, and our government doesn't even know who they are or where they are now in America, all across this nation. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But you know, we're, we're in a time of, of, of great, um, I think, um, the, the soul of our nation, and I know that's used often by people that really aren't, and don't care that much about people's souls, or apparently they don't, like the President of the United States, the current one. But I believe the very essence of America is on on the table in this in this year of 2024 in this coming presidential election. I'm not saying I'm not here to promote one candidate over the other, but I do want to. I I hope that we as Christians, biblical Christians, go into this year clear-eyed and focused on God's word as we look at how politics is going to play out in front of us during the next 12 months, 11 months, actually. We're officially in the election year already. It continues to look like 2024 will be a rematch of the 2020 between former and potentially future President Donald Trump and current President Joe Biden. The first nominating contest is just 10 days away from today. 10 days. The Iowa Republican Caucus 
where we might have a better indication of how the Republican caucus will set up. But um, following the primary comes what looks to be a chaotic general election, as the polls are showing. One poll in particular caught my attention this morning. It was a USA Today Suffolk University. Suffolk University is well known for their polling. USA Today is USA Today. It focuses, USA Today's article focuses on concerns over whether the 2024 election will be fair and accurate. They are fanning the flames of distrust. Is that going to be what we see from the press? Not just USA Today, but the press in the coming year. I think it might be. The tone of the poll's write-up doesn't exactly help matters in that America is so deeply divided. They are trying to divide us further and deeper. The headline focuses on the anniversary of January 6th. The headline in USA Today says, Ahead of the January 6th poll flashes warning signs about 2024 election aftermath. The write-up begins a long article. I'm not going to even talk about it or summarize it, but here's how it begins. Supporters of Donald Trump, who generally accept his unsubstantiated claims that the 2020 election was fraudulent, are prepared to believe those allegations again in 2024, setting the stage for protests and worse if the former president runs and loses in November. On the third anniversary of the January 6th Capitol riot, an exclusive USA Today Suffolk University poll shows not only a deeply held lack of faith in election integrity among GOP voters, but also fears among, vo- uh, vo- also fears among voters across the political spectrum about threats to Americans' democracy. This is a whole discussion that we're not going to have today, but we certainly will be having in the days to come. The people that are are sounding the alarm, their fear over the election and democracy are the very people who are destroying democracy in America. They're the ones that are going out and undermining democracy on every front. First, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. And we practice some democratic or democracy kinds of of things in voting and so on. But we're not set up. We're not, our country wasn't founded as a democracy. European countries, for the most part, are democracies, Western Europe. We're not. We're a republic. That's very different. They make no distinction with that. But they make the point that our democracy, Joe Biden says it again and again and again. Our democracy is is under threat. Our democracy is is in peril. And all of us, we're going to lose our democracy. And the people that are trumpeting this every day, including the media, for sure, they're the people that are undermining the democracy. And that's what we're going to see this year. Many of you know that, and I I can't tell you how many times I hear Christians say sometimes, often, too often, maybe, but this is depressing. (laughs) It is depressing. If you look at it from a secular point of view, it's very depressing, the conditions in our country today. I mean, it is depressing. But, you know, there there is a greater power. Almighty God is in control 
and he has things in his hands. But he's called us to be laborers with him. He's called us to be salt and light for his kingdom. He's called us to shine in the darkness. The darker the days are, the brighter the light is. That's what we're called to do. We're called to work while it is still day, when we can work spiritually. So this is what we're called to do, not to get depressed. I understand that the conditions that we live in today can be very depressing. But we want to rise above that. We want to look at what's happening in our world today through through the lens of God's word. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. Who, can, who comforteth us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So what we do when we're living in times of when people are depressed and they're they're down and they're they don't know what to do, we're comforted by the presence of God, His Holy Spirit living within us. And the Bible is telling us in Second Corinthians chapter one verse three and four to be comforted by the Lord. His mercies endureth forever. And he's telling us in that comfort from the Lord to go out to the people that we know, the people that we have an influence with, friends, family, and so on. And in that comfort that God puts in our hearts, we are to share the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. In other words, encourage people in the Lord. Don't be down and out and out of the picture and not doing the Lord's work and influencing the people around us for the glory of God and the gospel and what's going on in the culture. That's how we approach it. That's why Christians are different. I don't mean that in an elitist way. We're just different. We're not like the world. We're not like we were when we were in the world. We have been dramatically changed by the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has transformed our lives and made us into a new creature, a new person. And we're to take the comfort that comes from God in times like these and comfort others who may be in need of comfort. Let's talk a little bit about our nation, about God about government, and about our national borders. Yes, that's a spiritual matter, and it's a biblical matter. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, he took about 60 House members with him to the banks of the Rio Grande this week. He took them down there to take a closer look, a more clear look at what's really happening to our country. We hear the numbers. Millions of people are flooding into our country. Some of them are coming here for a better life, I suppose, all of them coming illegally, really. And um, maybe they're, some of them have are well-intentioned. We know for sure that some of them are not. And then there's millions that we don't know why they're here. They just think it's better here. They're, they can get free stuff and send a lot of it back to their home country, Mexico, or wherever they come from. 
And then, of course, there are among them people who want to kill and destroy. And they, too, are among us in our culture. Reports vary regarding how many illegals have crossed the river into America. Some say it's as many as 7 million under Biden's presidency. We don't know. We don't know how many. So what's the consequence? And why is he doing this to our country? The religious left says it's because, quote, all children are God's children. And America has no right to turn anyone away. That's the position of the left. And a lot of evangelicals, they vote for people that will enact that kind of a position on borders. Like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden. That isn't biblical. It may make us feel good at the time, but it's not biblical. Some see the illegals as almost free labor. That's not right either. The leftist politicians who support the Biden administration's open border policies believe they could put a ballot or two or three or four in the hand of every illegal and that they'll vote for their benefactors who allowed them into the country by opening the borders and they think they can win elections with this base if they get enough millions of people here who are on on the take for the from the government here illegally they believe they can work it to where they can get them able to vote and change elections none of this squares with what god says about borders and national sovereignty The government says we've delivered common sense legislation that will secure our border, but it's been sitting on Senator Chuck Schumer's desk for seven months. That's House Speaker Mike Johnson. He's a good guy. He's a committed Christian, biblical Christian. But he's trying to work and do his job, which is political, and Chuck Schumer is sitting on it. He won't move on it. Others, including Republicans in the Senate, won't either. The press event included more than 60 GOP legislators. They were scheduled to push the House GOP's fix for President Joe Biden's easy migration economic policy. The House fix is H.R. 2. It's a bill. It's being sidelined by GOP senators. Yes, GOP senators. As they negotiate with the Democratic senators over a spending package that includes $50 billion more dollars to the Ukraine, and about $14 billion to accelerate and hide Biden's migration through this 2024 election year. Speaker Johnson told the press, and I'm quoting him here, he said, we are very clear, and we have made that clear for seven months. H.R. 2 is the necessary ingredient. Why? Because it has provisions that fix each of these Biden migration problems And these things work together. He said, Speaker Johnson said, quote, For example, you couldn't just reform the broken asylum process and allow the parole system to remain broken. It would be a giant loophole that would not solve the issue. You can't just build the wall without ending catch and release, without restoring remain in Mexico, which was a Trump Trump policy, which was extremely successful. He knows that. Anyone who's clear thinking knows that because it worked. I mean, you look at the numbers and the border was relatively secure until Biden came into into office. 
And again, I, this isn't about I'm not promoting Trump or promoting Biden. I'm just talking about where we are today from a biblical perspective. The um, Speaker of the House, Johnson, he says, we know what works. He said, it's not rocket science. And he said, that's why we have said we are resolved to establish these provisions. That's what's necessary to fix the problem. Well, the Heritage Foundation has created a chart detailing the difference between the bills of the House and what the Senate is trying to do in regards to immigration. Heritage Foundation says, what's the difference? They put it on, on online yesterday. What's the difference between House passed H.R. 2 and the compromise going through the Senate? They broke it down. I don't have time to go through it, but it is on an article that I wrote, and it was published on our website today, faithandfreedom.us, faithandfreedom.us, not .com or .net, .us. And you'll see an article about some of the things I'm talking about now. And in that, you'll find what the Heritage uh, Foundation did. And for example, they they address the issues of asylum abuse, a safe third country as an alternative to people seeking asylum in the United States, uh, child trafficking, and so on. We'll get to that in a few moments. Non-governmental organizations, NGOs, um, the, the the House is, is trying to cut off a lot of the stuff that's, that's going on out there because it's not in the best interest of our country, and it's not even in the best interest of these thousands and thousands, millions of illegals that are flooding to, toward our southern border and across our border almost unchecked. It's not in anybody's best interest, including theirs, because the traffickers are, the, the cartel is running the border. And it, it's it's a sad case. But anyway, the the Heritage Foundation has put this out, and I included it in what I uh, talked about today in our my article, Faith and Freedom Daily. Some say that Biden's policies have not allowed 7 million. In fact, there are several people saying that as lately as yesterday afternoon. But they, they've only allowed 5 million. Well, okay, 5 million, 7 million, some say more, some say 12 million. But if that is true, say 5 million have been allowed into the country illegally, if this is true, Biden's policy still imported a greater number than the number of newborn Americans in 2023, this year just finished. Data Hazard is a website that deals with data primarily about birth rates and population and all that, but other stuff as well. They put they put out a, a piece yesterday. They said since August... There are officially more arriving each month than there are children being born to American mothers. They were talking about illegals across the border. And these and these are just the official encounters. We don't know how many avoided detection, and that's the problem, the additional problem. But, but what they show on their chart is that they're showing that there are more illegals entering now as of... Um, August and September uh, of this past year, then there are births to American mothers. And that is a death knell for any nation. The Roman Empire experienced that and others in history. I mean, it's very clear. Victor Davis Hanson and other outstanding historians have, have talked about and written about this. I mean, we must take note. We are on a 
on a wrong path, and the Americans know it. The polls show that we understand we're on a on the wrong path, but we need to understand that it is a deadly path. It's not just a wrong path. It's a destructive path. Sin is always destructive, and when you go against whether it's a nation or an individual, when you purposely defy God's laws and God's ways, the end is not pleasant. It isn't that God's mad at you. It's just that God knows how things work because he created all things. And if we live and, and, and have our being within the context of God's truth and God's creation, we have a much better life. And America started out that way, and we were so blessed, and we were so prosperous, and we were so free that we were the beacon of the world. And now, now people are standing, third world countries are standing by trying to figure out how to exploit our obvious weakness. That's where we are. And as I said, this is a death knell for every country in history that got to the point where there were more people aliens flooding into their nation illegally than there were births by mothers in that nation, whether it's a Roman Empire, the United States, or whatever. The event at the border included several legislators who were trying to shift. They were kind of trying to undermine what Mike Johnson was doing, actually. They were trying to shift the GOP's focus on Biden's border policies toward the somewhat related issue of the cartels who tax and direct migrants as they approach the U.S. border. They tell them they'll get killed if they don't comply. I mean, it's just like the shakedown of the mob in old New York and Philadelphia and so on. I mean, it's the same thing. It's reported that the border cartels are taking in as much as $32 million per week trafficking illegals into the U.S., many of them children being sold into the sex slave market. The root of the issue is the cartels, says Tony Gonzalez. He's a pro-migration legislator who's organized and who was part of the organization of this. He's kind of turned on Johnson, to be honest with you. He's suggesting the GOP compromise with Biden before the 2024 election. He said, I believe now is the time to make America safe. They talk about making America safe, but the things they want to do makes America unsafe. It's just like they say, we want to preserve democracy. Then they go out and they work all day long with all the influence and money that they have to undermine democracy. It's bizarre. If I can see that, surely they know what they're doing and others know. They don't act like it. Let me talk to you about how God feels about borders. Yes, he does. God has spoken on borders and national sovereignty. Sam Rohr is the president of the American Pastors Network. It's a national network of pastors, uh, and they kind of focus on constitutional and and merge it with biblical teaching and so on. He's discussing today's pressing issues in an article that he wrote, and I'm taking part of his article. So I'm going to be quoting him part of the time over the next few minutes. But he was formerly a, a Pennsylvania lawmaker for 18 years, and he he hosts a daily uh, program. I think it's still on the radio. It's called Stand in the Gap today. It was, he was on about 400 stations uh, 
in the past. And I, like I said, I believe he's, he's still on. But anyway, he's written some articles about this, and I'm drawing from some of his articles and some of my own research. But immigration and border control issues dominate our news, and they divide our nation. But God's, God's not divided, nor is he confused on this or any other issue. But we should not be either. As I've said a few moments ago, we're, we're living in, in, in the context of, of, of the Lord and the Lord's kingdom and the Lord's goodness and mercy. And God is with us if we're with God. In fact, in fact, the Bible is clear. Biblical principles is very clear on why no one should be confused about God's position on immigration and borders. But we're very confused. Let's look at the borders first. Acts, you might want to write these verses down. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, Paul says that God established the nations and the borders. And he says, and it says why? In Acts 17.26, Paul says that God established nations and borders. Daniel chapter 2 says he raises up leaders and nations and he puts them down. Without borders, there's no, there's no order. There's no law. There's no justice. Without borders, God's promise to bless the nation, whose God is the Lord, could never occur. Yet the Bible says it will occur. So there must be nations. God's plan of redemption revolves around nations. In time, God will judge the nations who reject him. Is it any wonder that the coming Antichrist and the globalists demand open borders? That would be part of Satan's doctrine. If borders or walls are immoral, as some religious leaders are saying, Wallace has said that for years, the founder of the Sojourners, then Nehemiah was wrong. And even more so, God himself would be wrong. Because heaven has walls and gates, and Jesus said that whoever circumvents one gate and climbs in another way is a thief and a robber. So gates and walls are important. Borders are essential to nations. In fact, the definition of nation includes a common language, a common view of God, and a common borders. God's blessings and judgment are bestowed on individuals and nations. Therefore, borders and border control are essential to protect a nation's citizens. And they should rise to the highest of concerns for those in civil authority. But that's not the case in our country now. We are living in opposition to biblical truth as far as our nation is concerned and our public policy. Additionally, this immigration controversy is not only political, but it's moral. The scriptural passage most used just to justify open borders is Leviticus 19.34. You probably have heard it before. But in Leviticus 19.34, God commanded Israel to welcome the stranger or the sojourner as one who's native-born. By itself, this sounds very convincing. Oh, well, we got to let everybody in then. But that's not what it says. The Hebrew word for stranger in this text is ger, G-E-R, and it means the immigrant wanting to assimilate to embrace the God of Israel and their laws. King Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 32, repeated this. He said, if a sojourner comes to the land because of our God and prays in the temple, then welcome them in. To be welcome immigrants must submit, not rebel. They must fear God and not fight for atheism and Allah. I'm just being very blunt about it. 
That's what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 7 says, God uses another Hebrew word for stranger is zur, which means an enemy or one who would not assimilate, who hated the God of heaven because Israel would not obey God on matters of borders and immigration and point people to the God of heaven. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.